On today's show, a lot of heartburn over the proposed food tax increase. And the question, censure over impeachment. Representative Ben McAdams is on the censure train. Tune in Monday through Thursday, 9 to 11 for Dave and Dijanovic. I'm Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. We help men deal with the life changes triggered by divorce, such as child custody and property division, among many others. But life changes also occur after divorce. These changes can make parts of your existing court order irrelevant or harder to follow. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. We're a partner men can count on. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. Welcome to Innovation and Leadership. This week on the show, we've got Dave Covey. And the great thing about this is, you know, a lot of times people beat themselves up over mistakes that they make. And if you can reframe it and say, those weren't mistakes, though they kind of were a little bit, but they're really traps. You reframe them in, in, the, in, the, in the idea that these are traps. This is another episode of our Innovation and Leadership series where we interview pro athletes, world-class musicians, CEOs, Hollywood filmmakers, and a wide variety of other high achievers. Also, I want to talk to you about one of our show's sponsors. I met these guys back on episode six. CEO Zach Smith was telling me all about starting a skateboard company and how much he hated doing the bookkeeping uh, for a skateboard shop and how he really uh, got led to start this business, Bookly, that's a hybrid combining bookkeeping software and human services. And I'll tell you why I let him become a sponsor. It's because I use their service now. I don't love paying 50 bucks an hour for bookkeepers to do stuff that I know software could do way, way cheaper, but uh, I don't love bookkeeping at all. So I want a real live human who knows what they're talking about to help me with the stuff I don't understand. Uh, probably the straw that broke the camel's back for me, though, the thing that put me over the top was that they could do my taxes and payroll also. Um, so totally suggest checking them out. Go to their website, bookly.co, and check out their flat rates. I've been super happy with them. So now on to today's episode. David, thanks for making time. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. So a lot of people uh, will recognize your last name. Your dad's a pretty famous guy. Um, but tell us a little bit about SM Cove before we go on to that. Yeah, so SM Cove is a company that was started by my business partner, uh, whose name is Stefan Mardix. Uh, he's the SM, and I'm the Cove of SM Cove. And we started this about seven years ago. Um, we were both at Franklin Covey. Uh, I was there for about 16 years and Stefan for about nine. And, uh, and uh, we both decided that we wanted to venture out on our own and set up our own business. I've always wanted to have my own business uh, at some point in my career, and, you know, I decided to break out when I was 44. So, uh, and, and I discovered once I broke out, I love being an entrepreneur. It's like I could never go work for the man anymore. <laughs> well, and can you, do you mind sharing that story we were talking about before the episode started about, you know, your dad and, and, on the rare chance that somebody doesn't know who your dad is, you want to cover just a little bit of that background and then the big change at 50? And Yeah, sure. So, I mean, what gave me some courage to do this when I was, uh, you know, 44 years old, uh, you know, I was married. I, I have seven kids. So, uh, you know, <laughs> it's not exactly, a, you know, kind of a career move that most people would do. You know, I was the uh, co-chief operating officer, at, you know, at Franklin Covey. So, you know, I had a really good job. I was making really good money. Uh, and, uh, but what gave me courage to kind of break out and set up my own business was my father, uh, Stephen Covey, 
wrote, you know, people know him for the Seven Habits of Fight Detective People. He wrote, uh, he wrote the Seven Habits when he was 57 years old, actually. And he was a professor for 25 years before he decided to break out. And uh, my mom and, and, and my dad, and, and, and you know, he had nine kids, so I'm, I'm one of nine kids. So he broke out when he was 50 years old from the comfortable world of academia. You know, he had been a professor for 25 years. He had a good consulting business on the side that was doing really well. And, uh, and he gave it all up to set up Covey Leadership Center, which then later became Franklin Covey. And for, you know, the first 10 years or so, he had to carry the company, you know, financially. And, you know, uh, I remember one point when I was married in 1989, he came to me and said, well, you know, do you think you have a place for mom and I, you know, if uh, things don't work out for the company? And because he had his, you know, his, his home uh, and uh, all of his possessions, you know, mortgaged against, you know, the, the company. And if the company didn't succeed, you know, he would have he would have lost everything. So that example growing up gave me a lot of courage that, you know, I could break out, you know, at the middle age, you know, 44 years old to, to set up this business with Stefan. Yeah. Well, and let's talk about your 16 years at Franklin Covey because, um, you know, those you guys posted some pretty big numbers in leading this initiative of going international. Can you talk about that for just a minute? Yeah, you bet. So, uh, you know, the... Uh, Franklin Covey mainly uh, became successful through the Seven Habits book and training program. The training program has sold, you know, over a, a billion dollars in sales, you know, over time, and that's which is pretty remarkable for you know for a training course, you know, to sell over a billion dollars. But uh, I, I was, you know, involved in both U.S. roles and international roles. But really, I think where my biggest contributions were at Franklin Covey was to help them go global go internationally and they had uh, direct offices and licensing uh, offices as well so uh, so I helped I helped them do that and we went from you know basically nobody to you know 100 million 120 million dollar business and so I, I, I was proud to be part of that now I had a you know blockbuster book and a blockbuster program you know so that's you know that's required to, you know, to really kind of grow uh, in that way. But I learned a lot about licensing and how to grow an international business, and that's what spawned uh, SMCov. So we help other training companies now go global with their brand. And uh, companies like uh, uh, Liz Wiseman's uh, Multipliers uh, or uh, David Allen's Getting Things Done, you know, programs like that, you know, a lot of people would be familiar with. Uh, and we also do a lot of consulting with a lot of the training big boys like Center for Creative Leadership or Blanchard, Ken Blanchard Companies and Vital Smarts and American Management Association. So it's been great. I, 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 haven't, I haven't looked back at all. And I, I've had moments of, uh, I'd say, crisis in terms of, uh, you know, not being able to pay myself <laughs> any money uh, for a little while. So that's that's been a little hard and difficult. But. Uh, but I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't tr- trade it for the world. That's awesome. I, uh, you know, good friend of ours, former guest on the show, Treon Muller. I believe worked with oh, you yeah, back at the. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, Treon is awesome. Days. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, let's talk about this new book, Trap Tales. Yep. Um, you lead, and then I'll, I got a bunch of questions. Yeah. So Trap Tales is about uh, outsmarting the seven hidden obstacles to success. 
and what Stefan and I, uh, so we're content junkies, right? So we love content and, you know, we have about 20 brands that we represent and we consult with about 20 different companies. So we love content. We read tons of books. Uh, I personally have probably been through 200 training programs, you know, in my time. So uh, just because I'm in this industry and in this business. So we noticed one area that we thought, you know, that there was a gap uh, in terms of uh, content. And that was this whole idea about traps. And, uh, and we started creating some new terminology around that, like trapology. Trapology is the study of traps. And trapologist is somebody who's an expert at spotting and staying out of traps. And what we observed is that there were about, uh, there's a lot of traps that people fall into. But, of course, we had to list it to the seven most common and modern traps, right? You can't be a covey and write a book and not have seven. You can't have, like, the five traps or the nine traps, right? It's got to be seven, the magical number. In fact, I have seven kids, and, you know, I was thinking about maybe only having six. And my father said, well... You know, if you have six kids, I don't know if you can work at the Seven Habits Company. You know, you're just going to have to find employment elsewhere. So, yeah, so, it, you know, I had to convince my wife we had to have seven kids. Anyway, so seven traps. And we started off with a list, you know, Jess, about uh, we had maybe 30. And we had to whittle it down to the seven most common and modern traps that you would find not only in the United States but anywhere in the world. And so that's what it's about. It's the seven most common and modern traps that people fall into. And we started writing the book, and after about three weeks, we wrote it, you know, like a regular self-help book. And we were both ready to throw up. You know, it's just like, ugh, I can't stand my book, you know, and I'm writing it. And uh, so we decided that we wanted to make it into a story. So, you know, because a lot of the self-help books, you know, give you a list of, 85 things you need to do and it's through 400 pages long and it's too long and so we made our book into a story and it's a story about a middle-aged man named Alex and his wife Kim and they have two kids Laura and Michael and they live in Los Angeles and Alex is going through all kinds of problems right and uh and he's falling into all these traps in his marriage and, and with his, you know, his kids and his finances and all these other things. And that's, so we, tell, we teach the seven traps through this story. Our sponsor for this episode of Innovation and Leadership is Skillshare. If you're not familiar with them, they're an online learning platform with over 18,000 classes on business and marketing and entrepreneurship and technology and, and lots of other classes too, illustration, think, other things I'm interested in. Um, they've given us a special offer where for the listeners of our show, you can get two months for just 99 cents where you can see all these 18,000 classes, unlimited access. It's uh, Skillshare.com slash leader. And I think what I like about them most is their high quality classes that are from high credibility instructors, you know, content marketing right from Contently. Or the one I took was uh, last was email marketing right from MailChimp where you know, these are folks who are obviously seeing millions of other people's email marketing campaigns go out. So they, they really are kind of a high credibility source of information. So again, it's Skillshare.com slash leader, 99 cents for com- complete access to all their courses for the next two months. Uh, one last time, Skillshare.com slash L-E-A-D-E-R. Thanks. Yeah. Well, um, you know, for me, I think... Th- Right off the bat, I liked it when it, when it got described as, "Hey, look at the master chess players who invent a trap for the the opponent to fall into." 
right? And yeah. there's some of those that once you've made your moves, you're, you're really not going to get back out of them. Yeah. And uh, so when you go through and, and your lessons on debt and these kind of things, I mean, it is a pattern that you see, man, it becomes like, it becomes like bondage. Once you're, if you've already made those moves, sometimes you can't just unmake them some easy way, right? It, it, it's a big deal. You know, and you mentioned debt. So that, that's the money trap. That's trap number two. But yeah, debt is a big, big deal. And it's, it is like bondage. It feels like quicksand. It's so hard to get out of. And, and really, uh, you know, if you're a, a younger person or you're just kind of starting your life or you just graduated or you're just starting your new career, decide now that you're going to be a person that's going to make interest rather than a person that pays interest. <laughs> and I think that for, you know, I'm 50, so for the first 25 years of my professional career, I've been a person that's probably paid more interest than made interest. <laughs> and I know what it's like to be in, in, in debt. And, uh, Jess, in every one of the traps, we talk about the conventional approach that most people are aware of or, you know, uh, or, or most people would recommend. You know, if you're in debt, this is what you do. And what we found is uh, the conventional approach does not always work all the time. Uh, Albert Einstein says the problems that we face can't possibly be solved at the same level of thinking we were at when we created them. So we need a whole new level of thinking to kind of get out of a lot of these modern traps that we're in. So, for example, in the debt trap, what we recommend, because my wife and I tried budgeting, and uh, it didn't work for us. Now, I know that that's the conventional approach. Budget, you know, be disciplined, exercise restraint. We got into fights. <laughs> and, uh, and we had, you know, you know uh, uh, heated discussions about wants and needs, and, you know, we were accusing each other of why are you spending that and why are you spending that, and, and it felt monotonous and it was difficult. I, and I'm not against budgeting. I, 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 there's nothing wrong with it. I just don't think it's the most effective way in getting out of debt. So we actually created a paper debt snake. So it's the idea of gamify, you know, your debt. So we created this paper debt snake. We got the kids involved, and we had $90,000 of credit card debt. And we had been fighting, you know, trying budgeting for two years with no success. So this is basically just your story in the book. This is my story, yeah. Okay. And, and a lot of uh, the stories in the book are my stories, and some of them are not. So uh, <laughs> my, my wife sometimes says, you know, she sometimes calls me the old Alex and, and the new Alex. <laughs> you'll, you'll see this transformation of Alex in the book. But, uh, but yes, so this, this is actually what was our story. And so we, 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 uh, we gamified it, and our kids were so excited about it. You know, they'd say stuff like, you know, I want to get that Lego, but I'm not going to, Dad, because I don't want to add any more debt to that lousy snake. <laughs> and our kids would... Uh, you know, love to cut the snake up. And it's the time, you know, uh, when, you know, the Internet wasn't so prevalent and so forth and, or online stuff. But they'd wait for the statements to arrive in the mail and they'd say, okay, oh, wow, we can cut off another $2,000. And they would be the ones that insisted on cutting off the snake. And then after that, so we eliminated $90,000 of credit card debt in 18 months. So it was small, you know, small feet, you know, at, well, I'd say a major feat for us. And then after that, we created this, this green tree with the four branches. And that's what we you know, recommend in the book is, you know, after you've eliminated your debt, you're used to putting all that money to debt. Now put it to the four branches, which is your savings, your retirement, your uh, uh, 
kids ed- education funds, you know, if you have kids, and your investments. And we started to create the green tree, you know, after and had all that. I have seven kids. You know how expensive it is for college for seven kids? <laughs> it's outrageous. So I, but I saved about, uh, my wife and I saved about $250,000 in 529 money, which is, you know, education funds for kids. So you can use for tuition and books and, uh, and uh, room and board and stuff. And that's, that's sustained us so far. We've had, uh, four of our two graduates and uh, two of our kids are in college now and we've got three more at home. So we're, we're, we keep saving for that, but there's no way I could have done that had we not got out of debt, and we couldn't get out of debt the normal, conventional way of budgeting. It just didn't work for us. Yeah. Well, I, I was really happy to see your reference to Alan Deutschman's book yep. in, referenced in there and uh, Change Your Die. And to me, I feel like you have kind of baked in an extra principle there. I, I, one of my favorite things from that book is this idea of the um, not doing it alone, yes. you know, where he talks about, like, creating the social environment that's going to assist you along the way. Yeah. Um, and, and this idea of like, if this is something that the whole family wants to be a part of, and like you said, it's a game and there's something in it for the kids, there's some sort of novelty for accomplishment. Yep. Right. Yep. Um, doesn't it, uh, lower, lower the willpower requirement? Totally. And, and that's what, uh, is way overrated is willpower. And, and think about it, you know, new year's resolutions, Right. How many set new New Year's resolution? I I used to set like ten things, you know, that I was going to do, and by February, you know, I was just like, you know, I don't know if I could remember one of them, you know, even if I wrote them down, you know, I just wasn't doing it. It's just too many things, and I think we put too much uh, uh, emphasis on willpower and having the willpower. And see, that's the problem with budgeting. So the funny thing is, is that doing a paper debt snake, we were doing the right kind of activities that we would be doing if we were budgeting. Yeah. But it was not monotonous, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I want to talk about this of, um, you know, the, the training world is changing. There's yep. the digital revolution. There's issues with internationalization and all sorts of stuff, right? Um, for you, when you have this idea, you've got the personal experience, you feel like, you know, yep. this is going to work, worked for us, right? You got some faith in it. As you're thinking about mapping out the business of this, and you're like, okay, we need the book, then we need XXX. Like, in your mind, being part of, you know, arguably one of the most successful training companies that's existed, and then seeing the international side, not just stuff here at home, what kind of thoughts are going through your mind as you're architecting, how do we go from something that worked to my family to something that can work for a lot of people? Yeah, like with trap tails, you mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's... It's tough to come up with original content. I just I would just say that. And and I think my father's a genius and I think what he's come up with is, you know, so insightful, you know, that you could just uh make a living just, you know, off of his stuff. But uh but I, I felt like, you know, I've always wanted to be, you know, independent and, and provide my own contribution, you know, uh to what my father has done and what other great people have done, you know, in the training world. And so, uh, you know, Stefan, uh, my business partner, he's a great uh, intellectual thinker. You know, he just, you know, he actually came up with the whole idea of trapology and trapologists. You know, that's that's really his brain brainchild. And uh, for us, uh, we see a lot of people who are really struggling and and having difficulties in their life. And if you can have a framework to think through your problems. And the great thing about this is 
you know, a lot of times people beat themselves up over mistakes that they make. And if you can reframe it and say, those weren't mistakes, though they kind of were a little bit, but they're really traps. You reframe them in, in, the, in, the, in the idea that these are traps. And it's true. You know, I had a, a credit card application come for my 11-year-old son in the mail. I mean, come on. Are you kidding? They're going to try to, you know, they try to get my 11-year-old son to sign up for a credit card. Now, obviously, you know, I mean, I bet if they, they could figure it out, they, they, they make it happen. But it's, there, are, there are these major traps that exist in life and work. And, uh, and we're falling, we've fallen into them. And we need a way to how to get out of them. And we need to also, even better, a way to how to avoid them in the future. Give, give people a roadmap and help and give them a guide and uh, some instructions on what they can do to avoid falling in these traps in the future. And, and I think that a lot of people are frustrated because they're not achieving their life's goals or their plans or their life didn't happen the way that they thought it was going to, you know, or their career is not as successful as they thought. And, and, and a lot of people think that they're too old. You know, they think, well, I, I can't do it now. You know, how can I change it 45 or 50 or 60? And it's not true. You know, we, uh, you know the main message of Trap Tales is this message of hope. We can change the trajectory of our life at any time and at any point in our life. Well, and I think, you know, your your dad after a career as a professor, which you're not known for risk-taking entrepreneurs, yeah. right? Uh, you, you've got this great family legacy that's going great for 16 years, building building big international business, deciding yep. to make that move. It's nice when you can speak from experience and, and having that example set, right? Uh, absolutely, yeah. And, you know, tra- Trap Tales is a work in process. Uh, it's just because my name is Covey, you know, my last name is Covey doesn't make the Traptail's book successful. Uh, I, I hope it will be successful. I hope people will like reading it and get a lot of wisdom from it. Uh, but there's a lot of work that we need to do it. You know, I'm I'm uh, setting up uh, a lot of keynote speak to speeches. You know, to do around Traptail's. It's it's more of a there's there's some business aspect to it, but there's a lot of consumer aspect to it. You know, like personal finance and relationships and purpose. You know, kind of what the purpose of, of life is about which is some of the traps. So there's kind of some more of that consumer side. So we're going to create kind of a B2C offering. We're thinking about even creating a game, you know, like Trapology or Trapologist and, and, and give people, a, you know, a kind of a game around that. I love uh, what Robert Kiyosaki did, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and the cash flow game. Uh, many people have maybe yeah, used got that before. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Well, and on it, not only his book, but the whole cash flow game, you know, it teaches – you know, that you're going to basically be in the rat race, you know, unless you learn to make some investments and, and be smart about uh, doing some Honestly, things. that is probably – so we bought that board game, right? Yeah. No. And yeah. I had a mentor who was – he was like – he was starting me off on the basics before working up, and that's one of the ones. And my wife and I decided a number of years ago, maybe a decade ago, like we're going to drive what we can pay cash for. Yep. And sometimes that's been really, really nice vehicles and – and it's gone from those to a $1,500 minivan, that is you awesome. know, yeah. and, and it's like, anyways, we've really enjoyed it. Uh, even though it's been like slightly embarrassing sometimes when all your friends have, you know, when you don't fit in, in the neighborhood yeah, because you're making the choice that you think is the right choice, right. there's like some uncomfortableness, but there's also like this inner, I'm winning a game kind of aspect of it too. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. I was playing uh, the cash flow game with my kids, and you know, my son, my eleven-year-old son, was, you know, he kept getting these. They have these doodads, you know, where you have to 
like take on another kid or you know or make a major purchase he goes go you know i'm a plumber and you know i've got i got that eight i I don't think it was eight kids but it's like i got like six kids now and you know then we go out and buy a big screen tv i mean what's going on dad i mean i can't stand it (laughs) that's hilarious but but that's you know simulating life you know and uh and, and that's what we tried to do with Trap Tales, too. That's great. Well, let's talk about if people want to get a hold of this, traptales.com or smcov.com yep. is the company website. Um, Amazon.com, you know, that's where I went and bought my Kindle copy. Yeah. Um, by the way, thank you for the signed copy. Oh, you bet. My I, pleasure. Uh, I unfortunately do not sit and read, so yep. I did text yep. text to uh, text to voice and had robot voice off my iPhone read it to I me. I love it. <laughs> but you've got the audiobook coming. The uh, Audible, yeah, I just I did three days of recording just a couple of weeks ago, and so Audible will be coming out soon uh, for Trap Tales. And, yeah, it, I mean, the book is published by Wiley, one of the largest publishers in the U.S., so you could buy it from Wiley. You can buy it from Amazon if you're like me. Uh, and it's in, uh, you know, uh, some of the major bookstores, you know, like Barnes & Noble and so forth. But, yeah, so it's, it's easy to get uh, for anybody who wants to, you know, pick up a copy. That's great. Well, this is the end of part one. Everybody, uh, tune into part two. We're going to be asking David more about the, the adventure of his life here. Thanks so much. Thanks, Jess. Well, that's it for the episode. One other thing I wanted to tell you about, if you'll remember the guys from Convoy uh, in episodes back, Ken Free and Trent Mano, I went on one of their CEO trips to New York, and I met a guy named Brent Thompson, very successful entrepreneur. He was former CEO of Jive Communications, big uh, company now, I think three or $400 million. Anyways, he uh, he started a new company called BlipBillboards.com. I'm super stoked they're a sponsor now. But I, I remember a year and some ago when I met him, I thought it was genius. Instead of having to buy six months or a year's worth of billboard uh, for thousands of dollars, you can buy eight seconds at a time for like 10 or 20 cents. You pick what billboard you want it on, what time of day you want it to run. And it just puts so much power in the hands of, of marketers and CEOs who want to try something and see if it works. You can buy as many or as few as you want, change it as many times as you want. Uh, I think now our podcast is being advertised on billboards in like 18 different states because we have these guys as sponsors. We're pretty excited about it. Hope you check out blipbillboards.com. Thanks. Hi, welcome to the Subway ad for two ninety nine subs. How would you like it? Uh, I'll take Drill Sergeant, please. You got it. All right, now listen up. I want each and every one of you to drop and give me a six-inch meatball marinara, cold-cut combo, veggie delight, or black forest ham on your choice of bread with any veggies you want for just two ninety nine each. Subway! Make it what you want at participating restaurants. Additional charge for extras plus applicable tax. No additional discounts or coupons may be applied.